What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of OT Takes, Overtime Takes, whatever you want to call it. This is a much-anticipated episode. What's up, ZG? What's going on, man? Conference Championship Weekend is finally here. National Signing Day is finally here, or the early period at least. Yes, and there's so much college football news right now, it's it's absolutely amazing. It is, man. Like, this is... This is perfect. I'm super excited. So do we want to start with recruiting? Do we want to start with coaches being fired? Where do do we want to start? I don't know. I mean, we just got to make sure we get to everything. I guess we could start with with old Gus Bus. Okay, cool. This is is kind of my thing. I've just kind of noticed that I, I really like talking about new coaches and where coaches are going to end up. So... Me being in, in touch with the SEC, I've kind of been waiting on this. You know, you just kind of knew that as soon as they had a down year, that they were going to get rid of Gus, and it doesn't make doesn't make any sense to me at all. You know, I don't think that because you know, like the question I always ask first is, who are you going to go get? Like, if you're going to fire somebody and and you're going to end up with a coach that's not as good, then there's no point in firing the guy that that you have. So I don't know who they're going to go get. I've got a list of guys that I've heard murmurs about, and guys. some guys are long shots. Other guys I think are really realistic. But I have I have a comp for you here, ZG, that I think you're really going to like. All right, here we go. Starting off hot, let's go. Auburn. Auburn is the Michigan of the SEC. Ooh. So both of these Michigan teams every credit. year. <laughs> hold up, hold up. So both of these teams every year have super high expectations, right? Like the preseason polls come out, they're both in like the top 15, you know, we're expecting them to be really good, and then neither team finishes in the top 15. Just doesn't happen, right? Both teams are little are basically like little brothers to their rivals, right? Like Michigan is definitely Ohio State's little brother, and Auburn is definitely Alabama's little brother. And both teams are expected to like consistently beat their rivals, but it just never happens. And at the end of the day, expectations are just too high at at each school, right? Especially right now with Alabama and Ohio State on these historical runs. And the thing is, you know, Gus Malzahn was 3-5 and five against Alabama, which is like, that's pretty good. Like, he beat Alabama more than any other coach did in the SEC, right? And so I was really confused at that, but his record against Georgia, who's a huge rivalry, rivalry, is terrible. He doesn't beat Florida either, who's another rivalry for them. So at the end of the day, he just wasn't able to beat you know, they're the school's rivals, and I think that's why they, they got rid of him. It's really that simple. Yeah, I mean, I think it just comes down to the fact that now more than ever, we are seeing a widening in the top tier of college football. I mean, I think I said this on one of the earlier podcasts we did about, you know, where college football as, as, in the landscape of things is, and, you know, Maybe our expectations for a team like Auburn need to adjust a little bit in 2020 when it comes to college football, you know? And I agree with everything you say about not beating the right teams. And when I say that, I mean they really shouldn't beat Alabama consistently like they did. They shouldn't. But they should. And they they beat them three times. Right. Like, that's pretty good. But they should be able to to go and beat Florida or, you know – have a chance against yeah. Georgia. If you can beat Alabama, you can beat Georgia. I mean, we clearly yeah, know agree. Alabama is better than Georgia. And, and, you know, I mean, when it comes to, to coaches getting fired in the SEC, 
I'm sure he'll find another job somewhere in the SEC. He'll probably work oh, yeah. for Saban. He'll probably do something. But <laughs> you know how that goes. No doubt. But it's it's one of those things where it's like Auburn is what Auburn is. I I mean, if that makes sense, like I don't expect Auburn to do yeah. more than what they've done. And exactly. that's, that's a guy that, that brings in pretty good classes consistently. A guy that at least yeah. tries to compete and every now and then will compete. It's just, I think our expectations for some of these teams that have been historically good in the, in the 2000s, 2010s are starting to waver a little bit. I think we see that shift and uh, a lot of people are like, it comes as a surprise to people when it's like, you should have seen this coming. Yeah, and so I've, something that I think we've noticed, and I'm I'm going to blame this on the college football playoff. I think that you know a lot of these guys, you know, at, at the end of the day, you know, guys that are going from high school to college, their goal is to play in the NFL at some point. Like that is ninety five percent of the guys. Like that's probably their goal, right? But at the same time, like if I can grab a national championship along the way. I'm going to try to do that. And so, look, there's three teams in particular who have just, every year, they're in in the college football playoff. And so because of that, I think in some ways it's made recruiting easier. And so we're seeing, I mean, look, like, college football isn't fair at all. And, you know, even in the past we've seen some stuff where, like, obviously, like, these better schools grab better players. But I think now because of the college football playoff and just because of the way that it works, we're we're seeing even more of that. And I think that's why our expectations for these Auburns and Michigans need to drop. Are we really like, are are we really surprised at what we're seeing though? Like, I feel like there's this big outrage. Oh no, this not year, at all. Like compared to other years, like what's the problem with the best teams competing for a national championship? If you want to compete for a national championship, win more games, recruit better, hire better coaches, yeah. make your conference better. It's, I mean. To be honest with you, up until recently, Ohio State wasn't one of those teams. They got an Urban Meyer. They changed the entire landscape of a conference. They changed the entire landscape of how their program was viewed. Clemson in 09 when they hired Dabo. Meddling program, similar to Auburn, similar to Michigan in terms of like like middle of the road, power five conference you know, type of deal. And, and you yeah. got the right coach and you propelled your conference up and you made yourself – a powerhouse. Um, and I know it's easier said, it's, it's easier said than done, but it's possible. I mean, LSU won a national title last year. I I mean, stuff like this happens, Yeah, stuff like this happens, but to, to sit here and, and be like, Oh, there's these three teams that are a lock for a playoff. Well, you're damn right. They are. They're the best teams in the country. And I, I say, I say all that to say like Auburn, Auburn ceiling is what? maybe a four seed in the playoff would you maybe like that's the absolute peak if everything falls into place correctly what other coach are you going what other coach are you going to get that is going to propel you to pass that ceiling Gus Malzahn got you there yeah like he he did he did like, like he got you to the ceiling pretty much and like what what other coach can come in and really change things like I get maybe it was time to part ways he's been there too long but like what what more can you pull from Auburn that you haven't already gotten under Gus Malzahn? Yeah, I totally agree with you. So I've I've got a list of possible coaches here. 
if you would like to if you'd like to hear them. I would. So of course, this guy's at the top of everybody's board. Hugh Freeze from Liberty. And you know, we've talked about it on here before. I don't know if he leaves. You know, Liberty is quite possibly a sleeping giant in terms of like college football powers and a place to really build a good program. So I don't know if he really even leaves, I'll be honest. Another coach that I've heard kind of floated out there a bunch is Matt Campbell from Iowa State. Look, he's not leaving Iowa State, okay? Like, I don't know why he would. Like, he's built something pretty solid there. If he leaves, it's going to be for a job in the NFL. That's just kind of, I think that you would agree with that, right, on on Matt Campbell? I've heard that his preferred destinations are Ohio State and Notre Dame. And if one of those comes open, I feel like he takes it. Other than that, I feel like he builds and everything at Iowa State. Because, look, I mean... You want to keep your value high, <laughs> right? Like you want to, you want to. You keep, do, yeah. And if you can, if you can win 10, 11 games at Iowa State, there's no higher value than that in terms of you know looking for the next job. I I think it would be a step down um, in terms of of recruiting and oh, it would be and stuff like that if he went to Auburn. I think he's in a conference where he's got one other team to compete with for the most part in Oklahoma. Uh, he's proved they can beat them. And, you know, so I, yeah. I think he stays there. Um, to be honest with you, the Auburn job does not seem very attractive at this moment. Yeah, man. Look, because you got to play Alabama every year. And if you don't beat Alabama, then they fire you. Like, why Why? why would it be a- a- attractive? You Which know? goes like, back to my point. Like, why are you firing a guy that's been there and knows the program and has developed a program that is considered one of the – one of the best teams, at least top twenty-five teams in college football. Like it seems like you're yeah, only ta- like you're only going to take a step down. You have to learn a new system. You have to recruit new players. You have to build relationships with high school coaches all over again. For what? Just to yep. be the same team, potentially, probably worse. Yeah, I totally agree. So <laughs> here's another. Here's like the last long shot guy that I don't think comes. And I saw his name. And I just laughed because there's no way this guy leaves. Mario Cristobal from Oregon. Ooh, that's that's pipe dream right there. I know. Well, he's he's a he's a he's a former uh, Nick Saban assistant. So I mean, no way he leaves. There's no way. He's recruiting at an unbelievable clip in Oregon. He's building something. Exactly. In he's not There's leaving. No reason he has no USC is his only competition. And to be honest, Oregon is beating. USC on the recruiting trail. Mario Cristobal is an elite recruiter. Oh yeah, and I don't, I don't doubt totally that he agree. could, he could come in and change the the program in terms of player, uh, you know, getting getting better players and stuff. But I, again, you have to play Alabama and Georgia and Florida to get through. Like it, when you're exactly. Oregon, you have to play USC, and that doesn't seem like. I know it sounds like I'm saying take the easy way out, but like just be smart about it. If you're building, take the easy way. If if you're building something, <laughs> if you're building something over there, and you don't have the same, and you don't have the geographical challenges or the recruiting challenges, why would you, why would you take the risk of going to Auburn, where they've just been meddling around like the middle of the SEC a little bit for a couple years? Like, why would you, why would you take that job? Which is why it's so perplexing yeah, that, I, that he got fired. I just, I, I, I just want to reiterate yeah, it. I, I don't know. understand it. I, I know what you mean. P- people are just in, very in, impatient in today's college football landscape. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. So here are some 
more here's some guys that I think would actually be interested in the job. So here's probably my favorite guy for the job, Bill Clark, head coach at UAB. He was a he's he was a high school football coach in Alabama for a very long time. And the interesting about interesting thing about UAB is they had a football program and then they were, they were really bad and then they they took a year off. Just didn't even play. Hired Bill Clark and over the past 3 years he's gone 25 and 13. So he's completely resurrected and made the UAB formidable in their conference. I think he's only lost four conference games over the last three years. So pretty solid. I really like him, a guy who knows high school coaches in Alabama, should be able to recruit the state pretty well. So I I, I like him the most out of anybody else on this list. Yeah, I mean, I think you, you have to go for a guy like that that knows the area, knows the South, has ties with high school coaches around Alabama. But, like, again – easier said than done like it sounds good on paper but like he was at UAB I mean SEC yeah. is a different beast I don't know I think oh, you to- can totally tell my, I think you can tell my tone on this if I was the athletic director of Auburn I better have made sure that I have some candidates lined up that can that can equal the production if not outdo the production of Gus yeah. on so, because you're you're I, you're looking to get like fired if this doesn't work out yeah so I lied. My my favorite guy I'm actually going to release last because I think this guy, the final guy that I'm going to say is pretty pretty notable. All right, so next is Billy Napier, head coach at Louisiana, former assistant at both Clemson and Alabama. And, I mean, look, like Louisiana's ranked, I think they're, what, 20 right now in the college football playoff rankings. 19th, so, yeah. You know, he's be- 19th, right? So solid program. They beat Iowa State this year. So maybe, like, the guy's, you know, a solid head coach. And then he, here's my favorite guy, and this is the guy I would Auburn, hire if I was Auburn. Steve Sarkeesian, offensive coordinator at Alabama. I really like that. I forgot about him. I like that. Yeah, I mean, he, he, he was a head coach at USC, and then he had some problems or whatever. He was an alcoholic. He's one of the best offensive minds in the country. He was. <laughs> one of the best offensive minds in the country. I mean, look, like, he's an offensive-minded guy in an offensive-driven sport. You know, I think that He'd be fantastic at Auburn. I think it'd add to the Alabama-Auburn rivalry if they got a guy to come straight from Alabama to Auburn. So he's he's my favorite guy. Yeah, I kind of like that idea. That's how rivalries, like, get back into tune. Like when an when a assistant from, you know, let's say an assistant or someone from Ohio State goes and takes the Michigan job, like Luke Fickle. Or like, like you said, Sarkeesian, yeah. assistant Alabama, goes and takes a head job at Auburn. I mean, we kind of seen that with, with Alabama and Georgia, right? We kind of see them having this budding rivalry because of Nick Saban and Kirby Smart. Now, Nick Saban and Alabama being who they are have kind of like shut that down pretty quickly, which I assume would Very happen quickly. to Auburn. But it still adds a couple, <laughs> it still adds intrigue the first couple matchups. <laughs> it does. Uh, it does. I, I totally agree. Which is really so, what we all want. That's why I, I think we're confusing what we want in college football. We want to see new matchups, and we want to see exciting matchups. At the end of the day, I feel like, and I and like the coaches, the head coaches bring that to the to the program. Like I would, I would sit down and watch Auburn Alabama play anyway. But if Sarkeesian was on the sideline, I feel like game day's there. I feel like it's a big deal. Like this year, I watched yeah. the Iron Bowl, and I was like, oh, Alabama's going to win by thirty-five. And they probably still yep. will next year, whoever the coach is. But still, it adds some intrigue. It does. So, do we want to move to recruiting or or the LSU Florida game? 
let's go to let's go to recruiting. Let's let's cover that, and then we can get into like the the games last weekend and and conference championship so, weekend. So can, we're gonna just go ahead and get this out of the way. The loser of the day is Michigan, right? Uh, they. I wouldn't say like they completely. Two big time guys flipped. Yes, but they did. It, they did sign a five star quarterback, a four star offensive tackle, a four star running back, and a four star receiver. Uh, the five star okay, quarterback fair. is is pretty good, and they got the number ten class in the nation. It does hurt them in terms of like competing with Ohio State in their conference when it comes to recruiting. Um, but I would say yes, that that stings. And again, every team has this happen at some point where a couple guys flip. Even even Alabama, Clemson, yeah. Ohio State, they have that. But they the class they signed this year is is kind of um, it, it. There's reason to be optimistic with this class because, like I said, they've built up a a nucleus of guys that they signed that are legitimate guys that the big time schools have recruited heavily, and they were able to secure them. So if there is any positive for yep. Michigan, it's the fact that they they seem to have a young up and coming class of offensive guys that might be able to to work out. Now, make no mistake about it, Jonathan. Michigan has had this before, and they will continue to have this, but it's how they develop it. Jim Harbaugh was supposed yeah. to be the quarterback whisperer when he came to Michigan, and they haven't and had a good one. quarterback. They haven't had a good quarterback, regardless of their recruiting rankings, in his entire tenure. Shea Patterson was a five-star yeah. recruit, played started at Ole Miss in the SEC, and came to Michigan and looked like Mackenzie Milton. Or Joe Milton, <laughs> sorry. Mackenzie Milton played for yeah. UCF. But you know what? Like, he it's one thing to accumulate the talent. We've talked about this. Like if you look at these recruiting rankings, you see teams like Tennessee and, and Ole Miss and Maryland in the top 25 of the class, you know, Iowa, but like Arkansas, Arkansas. Yeah. <laughs> like it, 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 recruiting is, is everything until it's time to get those guys. Like, the baseline to be successful in college football is to acquire talent. The thing that puts you over the yep. top is developing it. And that's what's remained to be seen in Michigan. Do I think their recruiting plan is, is a hundred percent good or, or like, I think they need to move into Ohio more. I think they need to, to get out of Massachusetts, but they're signing decent classes. They're signing top 10 classes. There's just no correlation between their class and what we see on the field. And that's a coaching problem. Yep. It, it it is, it is. I totally agree. And ho- man, like, I don't know. Like, f- look, college football is better when Michigan's good. So there's just part of me that you know kind of wants things to turn around for them. But at the same time, it's really fun to watch Michigan suck. <laughs> so Michigan, Michigan this year signed as of right now the tenth class in the nation. And. On yep, paper, I mean, look, that's that's number two in the Big Ten. Yeah, on I mean, paper, that's, that's really good solid. with a with a with a player ranking of like what the numbers say. It's like they have 260 points. If you scroll all the way up to number two in the Big Ten, Ohio State has 310 points. That's 70 point swing yep. between number one or two in the class and tenth. So, yep. if you want to really compete in the Big Ten. You need to compete on the recruiting trail, and signing the number ten class sounds nice, but when you really break it down and look at the commits, I mean, Michigan had a five, one five star, ten four stars, and nine three stars, to Ohio State's five five stars and thirteen four stars. So, like, that's yeah, 
That's the difference. And look at these top four, Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia, LSU, Clemson. That's the top five. And there's a reason there's a reason why they're always in the college football playoff. They separate themselves not only in recruiting, but in developing. And I quit complaining about it. And if you're Florida, if you're Dan Mullen, do more, recruit better, beat those teams. Yeah, especially like Dan Mullen at Florida, like you're in Florida, like one of like one of the states that produces so many elite football players. Like he he should be able to recruit and compete at, at a national level. But it like that's the thing. Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia, Clemson, they can go and pick out whoever they want. They they like yeah. the border the Florida border doesn't matter anymore especially in Texas for Ohio State Texas picks who or Ohio State picks whoever they want out of Texas and then Texas gets the scraps like if you wanna yep. if you wanna compete with the big dogs you secure your home state especially in a talent rich place like Texas or Florida you have to you have to yep. secure your border and if you don't do that teams like like I said will come and pick off your best players and you will be stuck middling in the top fifteen of the rankings and, and top 15 in the class. Like it's, it's not, it's not rocket science, Jonathan. It's not, when it's people, really simple. When people say like, Oh, why are these four teams in the play? Well, they have the best players <laughs> and they get the most out of their best players. It's really not hard. It's not, it's, it's rather simple. <laughs> have you, have you had a chance to look so, at the class? Are there any shocking, like, I've got them up. So I've I've got them pulled up right now. I'm surprised to see USC at 11. They they should be higher, but I don't even want to talk about USC. North Carolina at 13 is impressive for me. You know, look, Matt Brown's really good coach. He's in the process of turning that program around. They killed Miami on Saturday. Golly. And then, you know, A&M's down this year. You know, these past few years, you know, they've been a top 10 class kind of kind of recruiting kind of thing and you know, they're they're down at 14 right now. Uh, let me see. Texas is down at seventeen is upsetting. Like they, they should be way higher. But I mean, outside of that, you know, I think things are pretty normal. Um, also, I, are you looking at two four seven? I am. The class, the class rankings are like it, it deals with like how many commits and like like it's it's basically just like yeah. how many commits. But if you look at the average player rating, like Ohio State actually has number one. Georgia's number two, Alabama's third. And then like you start looking down and it's like Notre Dame is not even at 90. Like Texas, like Texas A&M is 91. So that means that that, like their average player ranking is, is like really good. Yeah. But like, since they didn't sign as big of class as let's say like Miami, they like, they're going to be, they're lower. So I want to make that distinction. When you guys look at the recruiting rankings, yes, the accumulation, the number of commits is important, but if you like, it depends on what you need. It depends on how big your class can be, you know, with, with people coming back. So just because one school has 21 commits and and Texas A&M has, you know, 18 commits doesn't necessarily make that class better just because there's more commits, if that makes sense. Yeah. Makes, makes perfect sense. But it, I feel you, but it is important to look at how many like five stars, and how many four guys stars you, you get. Like, yeah, like Notre Dame did not sign a five star in this class. Like that's yeah, that's alarming. Would you agree? Oh yeah, I totally agree. Totally agree. Like stuff like that. I mean, but at the same time, like there there aren't that many five stars out there though. There's like twenty a year. 
Well, yeah. Well, when Miami can get multiple five stars, I feel like North Carolina should be or Notre Dame should be able to get multiple five stars. Wisconsin yeah, has one. I mean, that's like if you're wanting to be a power, like they they're trying to set up to be. You need, I mean, you don't just win by just getting. You know, you have to get some some elite superstars. Like, yeah. I, I I totally agree, but at the same time, like Notre Dame's landed eleven four stars. Like that's, I mean, obviously you want more. You do want five stars. You know, I don't like the fourteen three stars by their name. That sounds like Arkansas. But at the same time, like, no, I think Arkansas has nineteen. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I I I I know what you mean. But at the same time, like you know, if you develop players really well, which it looks like Notre Dame's been doing that, then I I guess recruiting doesn't matter as much when you look at it that way. Yeah, it's just it's I mean, just cool. Like, it's just cool to see, like you know, I, I've gotten recently gotten pretty big into recruiting. You know this, so it's pretty cool to see, like you know, like what the plan is for these teams. Like obviously, we know the plan for the big time teams, but seeing the plan for like a Notre Dame or a Michigan or you know a North Carolina, seeing how they attack recruiting is really interesting. It is, and at the same time, you know, one team that a school that I always like looking at is wherever Mike Leach is. Because at the same time, like, yeah, you know, this guy, he may be, a, you know, a three-star, but he fits the system perfectly, right? So I think that that's something important, you know, to kind of look at as well. Like, like, like Mississippi State is is at 35, and they're, they're, they're ranked 35th in the country. But I, I guarantee you, every guy that Mississippi State has is going to fit M- M- Mike Leach's system, you know? Right. So... Yeah, I just think that, like, looking at these lower schools, you know, I think that looking at things outside of just, you know, their guys, like, looking at, um, I'm trying to think. It's like, for Mississippi State, right? Like, they usually have, you know, really good receivers, right? And and they can all run, right? So maybe, you know, they've got some th- three-star receiver. You know, he's, he's a three-star, but he runs a 4-3-40. Like, you know he's going to fit that system really well and play well there. So I think that, you know, when you look at these – you know, smaller schools that looking at stuff like that becomes even more important than just, oh, this guy's a three-star. He's going to be average. Yeah, I, th- that's fair. But at the same time, when you're at Mississippi State, you should be recruiting better than you did at Washington State. And I don't think he's doing that. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, well, he's he's weird, man. Who knows? And then like, uh, I just... There's some, there's some teams in the... There's some teams like Auburn signed the 46th class in the nation. With an average yeah. player well, rating I'm sure they had a bunch of guys. Uh, they may have had some guys decommit. De- it's after National they fired Signing Gus. Day, though. Like <laughs> you need, like, and another team that that stood out to me. Another two teams is coming in at 39 and 40th is Boston College and Rutgers. I mean, Jeff Halfley and and Greg Schiano. You know, those are bottom feeder programs for the most part. Boston College a little better than Rutgers, obviously, but. Uh, to yeah. see them to see them dip into the recruiting rankings in the top fifty, uh, coming off like you know building building block year, you know I mean that's something to look out for. Yeah. I mean <clears throat> it seems like they both have their coach, and it seems like they're pretty much retooling their roster. And a lot of another thing, Jonathan, that we that we don't talk about with recruiting is a lot of these a lot of these teams will will work the transfer portal too. So. You know, yeah, you got, I agree. You got guys entering the transfer portal and and doing and doing that stuff. So it it really adds to your class if you're able to get 
you know, transfer guys, which is what I feel like Boston College and Rutgers are really trying to do is get those those fringy, like high-profile recruits that, that didn't quite work out. I know Ohio State has had a couple guys transfer to both Rutgers and, and Boston College with the ties to Ohio State. So that stuff matters too. Yeah, I to- totally agree. Totally agree. So, yeah, recruiting so, is fun. Do- recruiting is really fun. And there's one more five-star that will probably determine who gets number one in the class. JT Tumalau, um from Washington will make his decision uh, in February. So, I mean, he's between Alabama and Ohio State. Whoever gets him wins the number one class. So, uh, look out for that. Sounds good. We, we will. So, all right, I'm I'm ready to talk about this Florida and LSU thing. We got to talk about how the playoff committee only dropped him to seven because I saw a bunch of very upset people on Twitter last night because of it. So you were way I'll, too I'll, cocky. I'll let you go first. You year. were way too cocky about that game when I was texting you, like extremely, way way too arrogant about it. I was like LSU is going to win this game, and you were like, "Chill, dude, come on, <laughs> nah, like, there's no way Florida, no shot. there's no come way Florida now. loses." And what happens? LSU wins. They, oh man, I just. I, I sat still on the couch for about 30 minutes after the game was over. Like, did that really just happen? Because that really just ruined, not ruined, because I think that by the committee putting Florida at seven, they're saying, you beat Alabama, there's a possibility for you to get in. No. No way. That's not what they said at all. They just, there's not a lot. There's It's the top four teams, and then there's a bunch of mediocre average teams, and while I agree they're doing a really bad job at like going five through ten, like does it really matter at this point? Yeah, I I I know what you mean, but look, I, I'm telling you, man, if Florida beats Alabama and Notre Dame beats Clemson, they may slide Florida in there. I'm telling you. So you, you would think Clemson would get the boot with two losses? Yes, so I, you would, I do. You think a you think a two-loss Florida would, would jump a two-loss Clemson? Yes, I do. I think, I think that I think the I committee really likes Florida. The, I, like, the committee seems to really like Florida. I really like Florida, so maybe I'm just being overly biased here. But I love Florida. Like, I understand that they lost a game. A game that they should have won easily. You know, I think the, the committee looks at one stupid decision by a 21-year-old kid and is like, well, you know, if he doesn't make that stupid decision, they win. They're still sitting at six. So, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised. Because, like, if, th- if they beat Alabama, they have the best win in the country. Okay? And, you know, I mean, they they handed it to Georgia, right? They barely lost to, to A&M. So, I mean, I think you could really make an argument for, for if Clemson loses that they could slide Florida in into the four spot. Here's what we're not going to do, though, Jonathan. We're not going to act like we can just brush this LSU loss aside. LSU is bad. And oh, they are bad. If I remember I totally correctly, agree. Ohio State lost the game it shouldn't have lost in Purdue and Iowa and were absolutely capitally punished for it. We're told they could, there was no shot, even if they were a one-loss Big Ten champion, that they couldn't get in. So a two-loss, a two-loss Florida... With a bad loss, to LSU. I don't know. Do I think? Do I think they have a shot if they beat Bama? Yes, but I don't think they. I don't think they have. Like, there's no way of avenging that LSU loss. Like, that's bad. Like, Ohio State had good wins in yeah. those years too, and we're still told they couldn't get in, even with a one-loss Big Ten championship. 
So we yeah, gotta make I, it fair. I see fair. what you're saying. Oh yeah, but is is anything really fair about college football? <laughs> well, I said that tongue in cheek, obviously, because it's it's not fair. Yeah. Like, but at the same time, like we've seen, like when there's precedent, when we've seen this before, like you know, maybe stick with that. But again, the committee. The committee is so dumb until it's time to actually make the decision, and then it seems like they get it right. Yeah. Because, look, like, it's not hard to figure out who the four best teams are. It's not. And, like, that's the thing that if they were to go to eight, like, you could really make an argument for Oklahoma to get in and for Cincinnati to get in, you know, just looking at, like, the eight that we have right here. So, and that that, would be I more guess that is one of the good things about the four. Texas A&M and Ohio State. To add to your point, like that would be way more intriguing. Yeah, exactly. There's more merit to it than saying Texas A&M should be in over Ohio State. Like, it's it's a straw man argument. But once we start talking about, you know, Iowa State, USC, Coastal, like Cincinnati, like teams like that, when we start discussing like on the bubble like that, that's interesting. That would add more intrigue rather See, than well, these stupid arguments. The about, thing is, you know, whatever. Well, the thing is, if if they went to eight, they would do the the automatic bid. So it'd be USC. Just going ahead and giving you a little preview to who I think is going to win all their games on Saturday. It'd be USC, Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, and and Oklahoma as as our five uh, automatic bids. And then the three from there, I think, get gets really interesting, right? Because look, Notre Dame would probably get in. A and M, I think, would get in. And then, you know, Florida would have three losses at this point, so they wouldn't get in. So then you're really asking, do you want Iowa State, Georgia, or Cincinnati in that last spot? Which, I mean, you can make an argument, I think, for all three. Well, if if Iowa State has three losses, I would say see you later. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. So, I mean, we'd be talking about Georgia and Cincinnati. And Georgia would get and I, in. I mean, because <laughs> they, they, they're better than Cincinnati. And Georgia would get in. Like... I know that sucks to hear. I have a lot of Cincinnati fans that I know and talk to about college football, and we disagree a lot. But like, you don't, you don't have any reason to think Cincinnati would beat Georgia, and that's like the you team don't. that year would be competing to get an eighth spot. What about seven through one? Like, you don't have a shot. Yeah, <laughs> that and like, like, can we really knock Georgia for getting beat by Alabama and Florida? We can. And then handling everybody no, no, else? No, we definitely can. Those are those are college football elite programs. The two chances they had to play those elite programs, they kind of got throttled. So, yes, I would hold that against them. But, but if it's I a, would say they look different now with JT Daniels at quarterback. Right, they look very different now. They look better. You can't, you can't discredit their losses because their coach was making terrible decisions. I mean, that's part of it. Oh, yeah. I totally agree, but what I'm saying is you could talk yourself into a Georgia in over Cincinnati kind of thing, just using things, just saying things like that. Yeah, but we've seen that already, and that's my argument against Texas A&M right now. It's like we've seen what they do against college football elites, and they get pounded. See, I'm 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 out on this A&M thing because outside of their game against outside of their game against Alabama, they haven't played anybody. Like they have far and away Florida. the easiest schedule. Okay. So outside of a two-loss Florida, Florida and Alabama, probably a three-loss. Yeah, Florida. Exa- exactly. So outside of those two games, here's who they've played: Vanderbilt. <laughs> they're fantastic. Five-point victory. Mississippi at home. State. That's awesome. I know Mississippi State, Arkansas, South Carolina, LSU, 
and Auburn, and then they're they're going to play Tennessee this weekend and absolutely run them out of the building. I don't know, dude. It's not like they're beating teams up. Yeah, I mean, like I just, I I don't I don't like I I understand the argument. You know, the whole you know they've played more games thing. Like, sure, whatever. You can make that argument, but at the end of the day, it's about finding the four best teams, and A&M's not one of the four best teams. Yeah, I mean, as we talk today, like, the conversation is really, like, dead. Like, the four are set if they do it, if they win. Like, if Notre Dame beats exactly. Clemson, then we have a discussion about if Clemson belongs in or not. But, you know, like, if I, I think Clemson's going to beat Notre Dame. I think, obviously, Ohio State's going to win. I think Alabama's going to win. Like, I think yeah, the four are set. I, I agree. So, so the fours, so the seeding, taking a guess here, is going to be Alabama at one, Clemson at two, Ohio State at three, and then Notre Dame at four. Yes, that's what I would say. I mean, I'm here for it. I want to watch Alabama run Notre Dame out of the building, and I want to see Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields play against each other. Yeah, I mean, I think Justin Fields gets the last laugh. I, I mean, I'm looking ahead, and I'm really going to you be. You are. I'm going to be. Unbearable. I hate Clemson now <laughs> after what Dabo's been saying. I know you do. I hated them before I know you do. and I hate them now. And I want that matchup. <laughs> I want Clemson on the schedule. I want I to live do. tweet it from the overtime takes account. I want to put videos up of me talking like crap about it. I want to be fully invested in it on, on Twitter. And I'm, I am. I've already decided. If that's the case. <laughs> That's what it's going to be, and I'm sorry if I lose followers. I lost some followers when I got into that, those, got into it. Those Indiana fans, I don't care. I'm, I've got to stay true to myself. I want Clemson, Dabo. I want you. <laughs> Let's get it. I, I hope it happens. I'm, I'm here for it. So, golly, what, what else is on the, the agenda for today? I guess, I guess we talk about our predictions. I guess we did, but we didn't go fully in depth. Give scores. That's all right. Let's that's what go. I need from you. Let's start. Uh, let's start in the Pac-12. Oregon, USC. Okay, I like USC. Um, I think they just have so much more to play for than Oregon. I, th- I think they play hard because you know, undefeated Pac-12 champion. You can make, I guess, like some kind of a case for them to possibly make the playoff. It'd be a long shot. A lot of teams would have to lose, but I think they're playing for more. I like USC to win. Let's go 34-28 USC. Now, there's a part of me that wants to pick Oregon really bad um, just because I think they have the better coach. But I'm going to take USC in like a 24-17, 24-20 type of game. I think USC likes to play close games. That's a low-scoring game. Yeah, I think think USC likes to play – close games. I think Oregon's just doesn't have all their pieces and, you know, 24-20. That's what I'll go with. USC. Yeah. So, Northwestern Ohio State, I think the better question here is does Northwestern cover? I did not <laughs> what's what is it? Like 14? 20 and a half. 20 and a half. Oh my gosh. That's that's a big line. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it is. I think the final score is somewhere around like 48-21, 48-17. I think it's I don't know. I, I could see it being like 48-24 or something like that, but I think I'm going to go 48 to 20. I know I like I like Northwestern's defense. They're really solid, I think defensively. So I'm going to go Ohio State 
We'll go Ohio State 41, Northwestern 27. 41-27 Ohio State. Yeah, and I mean, you can talk about Northwestern's defense and how they're all right, but like, there's not a defense in the country that could stop Ohio State's offense. The problem with Ohio State is their is their defense has shaky at sometimes, but like Northwestern's not going to challenge them through the air. Yeah, yeah. The back end of Ohio State's defense is is what I'm worried about. I, I like their, their front seven's fine. You know, it's they really don't good. have their obviously front seven's a star. Really good. Yeah, like you can make an argument that it's better than last year's. They just don't have a star in Chase Young, and so people won't say that it is. But you know, the problem is you know the secondary. That's that's kind of, I mean, that's their problem. And there's, which there's is weird because Ohio State usually has, which like yeah, and Ohio State usually has really good defensive backs. So I mean, it's I mean they have a first a round year. pick. They, they that's true. They have a guy that won the Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year. Like they like they're they're solid. They're Ohio State, but like yes, the the big question is how is their pass defense going to hold up? I don't think we see it get tested against Northwestern, but then you start talking about playoff games, and it's like okay, Clemson, well, yeah, Alabama. So that's the question mark for them. So let's go to the Big 12, uh, Oklahoma, Iowa State. I'll go ahead and start this one off. I think Oklahoma wins. Uh, I think they kind of blow them out. I think it's like, I think the final score is going to be somewhere around like 39 to 20, 39, 17, something like that. Wow. See, I I have too much respect for Matt Campbell to, to think that they get blown out. Yeah, Oklahoma State is a six point is a five and a half point favorite. And so I, I mean I, I like Oklahoma. I do think it's close. You know, I mean Iowa State's already beaten them once this year. I mean obviously it was early on in the year. Oklahoma's gotten so much better throughout the year. I'm gonna go Oklahoma. Oklahoma wins. Let's go 45-38. Okay. Oklahoma wins. So they cover. Oh, no, yeah, no, no. I, I, they don't I think cover. so. Yeah, they they don't. I was talking about Oklahoma in terms of cover, yeah. but yeah, I mean, like Matt Campbell's a really good head coach. You know, like if I, if Iowa State beat Oklahoma, I wouldn't be surprised in in the least. I I, I really like Matt Campbell. And Iowa State's, I mean, they've won. I mean, they've won a lot of their games this year. Yeah, I just think Oklahoma's Oklahoma's just showing what we thought they would be. I think even though Matt Campbell's great, I think Lincoln Riley's better and has more talent. Uh, to at his disposal, yeah, so I, I mean, I I am pretty confident that Oklahoma wins. I I really just think they blow them out too, on <laughs> as well. So yeah, do we want to talk about Louisiana Lafayette and Coastal? Do do we care? I was thinking we could go back just out of respect for the group of five. We, we could go back to them at the end. Okay. <laughs> so uh, Alabama, Florida, Clemson, and, and Notre Alabama, Dame. Florida. I was. Okay, um, Alabama by a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to get it out of the way. Yeah, Alabama by a million. Uh, okay. Oh, okay. Alabama wins fifty six, fifty six to forty two. Yeah, I think I'm right on board with that. I think I'll go with that too. Fifty six, forty two, fifty six, forty five, something like that. But yeah. it's not gonna. It's gonna be one like, of those at the games. End of the day, it's gonna be one of those games where Alabama yeah. doesn't. Doesn't isn't in any harms at all, but the score might just be a little closer than than what the game says. If that, makes I, sense. I think it's like like Florida scores like a late touchdown to make it a two possession game kind of thing. That's, yeah, that's where I'm yeah. at too. I mean, yeah. So I'm 
I'm excited for that one. But let's be honest, I think the game everybody's got circled is the Clemson Notre Dame game. I mean, right? Yes, That's I'm the excited one for that one. At least. So give me give me Clemson ninety seven <laughs> Notre Dame three. I would love that. That would make <laughs> me so happy. Uh, um, Clemson wins. Man, get, Clemson wins. Clemson wins forty eight to twenty seven. I think Clemson wins forty nine to seventeen. So, I have to ask this question now. So, if Clemson runs Notre Dame out of the building, does Notre Dame get dropped for A and M? I think if they get blown out, there's definitely a discussion. I think it's definitely a discussion. But because both teams' resumes look really similar at that point, right? Yeah, and then you'd have to you'd have to say, well, Texas A and M has Florida has a Florida win. And North Notre Dame has a North Carolina win. Which one do you value more? I mean, and a Clemson the win, Florida but like win. it seems like we're we're pretty much like throwing that out. Like from all accounts, like that. No, yeah, that like first they didn't have Trevor Lawrence. Did, didn't matter. Like they didn't have Trevor Lawrence. They didn't have three of their best defensive linemen. Like, yeah. So yeah, I mean, I I could see a scenario where that happens, and playing Clemson in the semifinal and Notre Dame getting ousted would literally be my dream scenario. oh man so group of five schools or are we going to talk about them yeah might as well make our our participation trophy picks okay uh let's start i believe in the in the mountain west san jose state and boise state oh my god uh give me boise state just because i i know more about them than san jose state by, Give me by San Jose 14. State. Give me Boise State. San Jose by State. <laughs> I'm I'm t- I'm t- I'm taking San Jose State. Former Arkansas quarterback Nick Starkle is going to lead the way. <laughs> San Jose State wins by ten. That's Give disgusting. A... That's right, man. Here we go. <laughs> oh my gosh! I did not know that he transferred to San Jose State. That's bad to go from the SEC to San five... Jose State. He threw five interceptions against San Jose State last year and then transferred there. Oh, my goodness. Didn't Yeah, you guys lost to them at home. That's pretty bad. We did. That is bad. That but was hey, my if, number if one hate. Year, we'd have beaten them. That was, my, was. that was my ace in the hole when I had something to say. You know who's been fired two years in a row? Chad Morris. <laughs> Chad Morris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. That, that was my dream scenario right there. Yeah. Cincinnati, <laughs> Cincinnati by Cincinnati by. Actually, you know what? I'm going to end it all right now. Tulsa by three, game-winning field goal. Wow. Okay. Hey, man. I hope you're right. Let's let's get rid of this talk. But for I mean, I'll I'll take Cincinnati in a close one. Uh, Cincinnati by a touchdown. Tulsa Tulsa is going to kick a field goal and. I'm gonna see Cincinnati fans say, "Well, the wind was helped it. Like they shouldn't, they shouldn't count as a as a loss." Well, Texas A&M has a loss. <laughs> it's gonna be, it's gonna be ridiculous. Yeah, I, I, know. I the the point I make with that is like I hate when schools that clearly aren't like they're ranked a little higher than what they should be, and they get a little recognition. It's like their fan base wants to like propel them into something that they haven't earned. 
And I feel like that's what happened with yeah. Indiana and that's what's happening with Cincinnati. And I'm just not here for it. Yeah, I t- totally agree with that. Louisiana and Coastal Carolina. This is actually a, like a compelling game. Like this is actually a good. It matchup. actually is. <laughs> like I'll actually watch some of this. Like it's it's gonna be one of those games where like I'm mainly gonna watch Clemson and Notre Dame, but during commercials, I'm 100% flipping over to this Louisiana game. Yeah, I think I'm gonna go with the upset. I think I'm gonna take Louisiana. Uh, 31-28. People forget Louisiana did beat Iowa State at the start of the year. Not just beat them; they like, they beat their ass, kind of. They did. Like, they beat them by two touchdowns. So like, I, I like Louisiana. I I think they win by seventeen. I don't I don't think it's really close. Even though I will say I love Coastal Carolina. I love their offense. Their coach. See these these two teams have something in common. I don't think I think both of these teams are looking for new head coaches at some point here soon. So. You do like coastal. That's been a common theme. You actually, you actually don't mind coastal. That's because they're not trying to yeah, be I anything just, they're not. I feel like I'm not hearing that a bunch of clamoring just, about coastal. Their offense is so unique as well, and I just think that like if you want to be creative offensively, like college football is where to be, you know. And I just I love their offense. They they run the football really well, and like I love teams who are physical, and Coastal Carolina definitely fits that mold. Body slamming Zach Wilson on an interception. Um, I, they handled BYU. Uh, I just I, I I do like Coastal. I like Coastal probably. I think Coastal's quite possibly the best Group of Five team. I'd like to see them play Cincinnati. I think that'd be that'd be a fantastic Group of Five national championship. But but we don't have that yet. So, like here's the thing, like uh, that just popped into my mind. We have like an NIT tournament in in college basketball. Like, yeah, I mean, we, you could do the same thing. Yeah, like why, what's wrong with, instead of it being like the teams that didn't make the tournament, why can't it just be like the the group of five guys? Yeah, you know, I, I mean, I, still I, give them a chance we, to make the, totally the big playoff, but like when it's said and done, if like they don't. seed them in a, in a you know, four-team, eight-team playoff with, with the remaining teams. So like you could get a Georgia-Cincinnati matchup. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And, I think it'd be fantastic. And like when you play at the end of the year in the NIT, it's not like you're you're winning a championship per se. You're just you're winning a tournament against teams that are on your level. You know, like yeah, that, that would mean something for I recruiting. Totally agree. That would mean something for you know conference prestige. That I mean, did I just come up with the greatest idea of all time in the last five minutes it's of our definitely podcast? up there? <laughs> it's definitely up there. So, why would we not do that? I mean, why why I'm, not I'm necessarily you. not necessarily like crown another champion, but have another tournament yeah. where you can prove like where you stand? Yeah, I I totally agree. I think that'd be that's what they should do. Oh but, my goodness! You know, and like, here's the thing: for the NCAA is all about making money, and they'd make more money if they did this. I'm a genius. This uh, this has smart, to go with the title. This has to go in the title. I come up with the best idea of college football, and it came within the last five minutes of the show. Okay, <laughs> sounds good. I, I we, we can do that. Can we can we spend a couple <laughs> minutes on that for a second? Of course, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, like, what let's, what would let's it look unpack like? Unpack this. Would it would it be a requirement so where it would be where it would be four teams and it's two group of five, two power fives. But then at the same time, I feel like it would just be two power fives playing at the end anyway. <laughs> Why don't we just do like, yeah. 
But at the same time, like, I think that really what these group of five schools really want is just a shot to show that they can compete. So honestly, if we just gave them that, even if they did end up playing Georgia or Indiana or Iowa State, then, like, they'd still have their shot. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, and you can still have your I think that, like, that's really games. all they want. You can still have your sponsored bowl games and stuff like that with it. Like, you could, like, you know how they call, like, the playoff now is one's a sh- like a sugar bowl. Like, you can still have your yeah. branding with the, with the bowls, but, like, just make that bowl experience m- mean a little more, especially with those, those fringy, like, you know, five through ten teams. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Cause look, cause, so right now, if, uh, Starting today, obviously this would change after this weekend. But I would assume we would just take the next four. So it'd be right now it'd be A and M, Iowa State, Florida, and Georgia. But after this weekend, Florida would lose, so they'd be out. Iowa State would lose, so they'd be out. So it'd be A and M, Georgia, Oklahoma, and probably Cincinnati. I mean, who's not watching? I'd, that? I'd watch those games. Yeah, that's what I'm. Who's not uh, exactly? That? Who's not watching that? Yeah, I, I totally agree. And even if they don't do this, then, you know, I, do do you get any, like, UCF, LSU vibes from, like, a few years ago? You know what I'm talking yeah. about with, like, with this with these Cincinnati people? Like, that's, that's exactly what this is. Yeah, but, like, it, I feel like that eliminates that argument of, like, oh, they're, they checked out, da-da-da-da. Like, you're actually playing for, you're actually playing against schools that you're, you're competing against not only recruiting wise, but in the rankings. And like, if you can prove you can beat those teams that sets you up next year for a chance to make the actual playoff. So if Cincinnati can beat a Georgia yeah. in that type of format. Oh, well, Cincinnati's a real deal. Like maybe we give them more credit when it comes down to the college football rankings, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. I, I, I totally agree. Oh my gosh. That's a, that's a great idea. <laughs> that just came to me. Title, out of nowhere. ZG. ZG with the greatest <laughs> college football idea ever. To end the show, too, at the buzzer. <laughs> <laughs> you took my job, man. I'm, I'm usually the one who comes up with these ideas, but it's it's all right. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But that's perfect. That's a great way to end it. Yep, So uh, follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Twitter. The show's Twitter is at OTTakes, but... Let's be honest, our personals is really where where everything's at. So my personal is at jschmidt underscore four. ZG? Gray, Zach, 22. At G-R-A-Y-Z-A-C-K, 22. And I'll, I'll be honest, ZG is much better at this Twitter thing than I am. I'm, I'm trying to get there, but he's just, he's just so much better at it than me. So I definitely follow him. Yeah, I've just been getting too frustrated lately, like, and just saying, like, stuff that I think that I probably shouldn't put on the internet when it comes to sports, like... I just, I'm, I've just been saying it now. I don't know if it's being cooped up in the house, if it's just like I've had enough of the nonsense, but the take quakes are, are a real COVID. thing. Just blame it on COVID. That's what I do. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what everybody does. So, all right, that's going to do it here. Thank you guys so much for listening. This has been Overtime Takes. Love you guys.